Welcome to the C3 Eastern Suburbs podcast. We're glad to have you tune in today and hope this message blesses you. If you'd like to visit, we meet in Glen Innes, Auckland on Sundays at 10am. You can also find us on www.c3easternsuburbs.org.nz. Enjoy the message. Glenn shared about being expectant. And uh, one of the things is that one of the keys to Christian living is to have an expectancy of God. That, you know, we expect Him to do stuff, that we expect Him to intervene in situations and uh, to to heal the people and to minister His life and, and to just. And you and I need to have that sort of trust in Him and expectancy in Him. And uh, so we're going to share a little bit of that. My subject tonight, uh, this morning, is Lord, restore our sight. So I'm just putting on my glasses, <laughs> which seems a bit strange, I know, but it's a prayer of faith here. Um, there is... God, I was praying for you, um, thinking about this morning and just when I was praying for Glenn and Priscilla and the family and then praying for you, this church, knowing that I, we were coming down here and, uh, to share this morning. And, and it, seemed, it seemed very strong. It seemed, the Holy Spirit just said, prepare them for encounters with God. Prepare them for divine encounters. Those sort of moments that when the Holy Spirit prepares an opportunity for something divine to happen in people's lives. God wants you to be part of his divine encounters in this community. Maybe opportunities to share your story with somebody. Maybe just to pray in real faith. You know, sometimes we sort of pray, but we don't really expect anything to happen. But I want to encourage you this morning that God wants you to be part of things that are really happening. That when you talk and share your faith with something, something happens. That God steps into those moments. The Spirit of the Lord uh, encounters people and begins to work change and and to work His purposes in people's lives. And uh, it, it may be uh, that you show an act of kindness to someone, that, but it, it touches them. It just doesn't bounce off them. Maybe that you pray uh, for a miracle of healing or salvation and or God starts doing things. It's that sort of thing that God is heading you for in the days that are upon us. Believe in some cases it'll just be you as an individual. You'll touch someone else's life, but God will step into that situation. In your families, things that have been barriers for some time will begin to break down. Hallelujah. As the Spirit of God begins to move in and encounter the members of your family. And as a church, who knows what God has for us, but it's good. I was thrilled to hear about the opportunity to minister to the youth. You know, all of a sudden, here is a whole bunch of young people, and most of them by far really not attached to any church, but they come to a youth night. 
God wants to encounter them. God wants to break in upon their lives. And we need to be expectant of that. That we're not just working, working, working and nothing really happens, but God steps in. And uh, we do those sort of things. But it's interesting that it's easy to miss such moments. Um, It can happen in a meeting. When we're gathered in a church meeting and the Spirit of God begins to move over people's lives and, and, and people around you get touched and you sort of, what happened there? I remember one time we were, we were in some meetings in Auckland and, and, and uh, there was just an amazing meeting. We had an evangelist called Hans Kunstra came into town and, and people, there was about 12, 15 people gave their hearts to the Lord and there was one lady that was running around. She was crippled and God healed her and she was running around the place and other people were saying, I've been healed, I've been healed and God was doing things all over. And I was just, oh, wow, this is so good, you know, to see God touching lives. And afterwards I came out into the floor and I met a, a couple uh, and I said, man, wasn't that great? And, and this, this lady said to me, well, there was no anointing there tonight. And I'm saying, What? Where were you? God was ministering to people. Lives were being touched. God was encountering people's lives and changing their destinies. But this couple, oh, no, it was, no, there was nothing there tonight. God wasn't there. And I'm thinking, what? You know, and it could be like we can miss divine moments. It's like when the, the Holy Spirit is, is raining upon people and, and we've got our umbrella up for some reason and, and, and we miss it, but we need to live in expectancy that God is going to do things. I want to take you to Matthew chapter 20 and verse 29 and it should be coming up on the screen, we're hoping. Is it there? Yep. Look at that. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. And two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. And the crowd, the crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. But they shouted all the louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus stopped and called them, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, they answered, We want our sight. And Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately they received their sight and followed him. Jesus meets these two blind men on the road. And he's about to do something fantastic for them. They, they are going to have an encounter with the living God, you know. And they sense something is happening. And they are crying out to Jesus saying, Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus stops. It's always a great thing when Jesus stops and just waits and calls them to him and says, what do you want me to do for you? I mean, come on, Jesus. They're blind. They can't see. <laughs> but there comes a time when we need to express clearly what we want to do and expect in faith, Lord, this is what I need. <coughs> and we pray specifically and clearly and lay it out before God, say, Lord, this is what the need of our family is. And, and so these to, to do this. But the crowd... The crowd is not in the same space. The crowd doesn't have any idea really that 
This is a moment of a divine encounter. And they're saying to these two guys, be quiet. Don't disturb the status quo. He's not interested in you. You know, but they, had, they sensed that this was a moment and they were determined to press through. And sometimes it takes that, doesn't it? And the crowd, the crowd is just saying, trying to close this down. This is an encounter that is about to happen. These two are going to have their lives changed. They're going to become, uh, their, their eyesight was going to be healed. Not only that, they were going to become followers of Jesus for the rest of their lives. This is a divine moment. But the crowd is saying, no, be quiet. Don't be extreme. Don't go overboard. The crowd, this is the sort of crowd that was around with Jesus and one day they're crying out and waving palms and shouting Hosanna to the son of David. And then the next, they're crying out, crucify him. It's the crowd. The crowd often doesn't know what's going on. In Exodus chapter 23 and verse 2, it says this, Do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. Do not pervert justice by siding with the crowd. The thing is, the crowd rarely knows what God is doing. The crowd may be your friends, may be your family, may be colleagues at work or in school. Maybe the media, the crowd. But really, do they understand that, that God is wanting to encounter people? Matthew 9, verse 36, when Jesus saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. Jesus can see the crowd differently from what you and I can see. He sees a whole lot of things differently from what you and I see. And we need a restoration of Holy Spirit's sight. The crowd says don't make a noise, don't create a scene, don't be extreme. But the thing is the crowd was more blind than the two men. It's possible to have two good eyes but not be able to see. The crowd couldn't see what Jesus could see. Jesus could see two men who had become great followers of him, committed disciples. He could see two men who were about to have a divine encounter with the living God. But the crowd was saying, be quiet. Be quiet. wonder how many times we, we miss God's moments because of the crowd. Because of the crowd. Remember one time I was preaching in Cardiff, in Cardiff City Temple, and there was I looked out on the uh, as I was waiting to preach, and all these people were in their suits and their ties, and they were all very, and and the meeting was, it was, it was bad. It was as dry as a biscuit. It was terrible. It was just going through the motions, you know. And I said to the Lord, Lord, give me something that will just break through this. Just, we're doing church again. Lord, give me something. And the Holy Spirit put in my mind, he said, there's somebody here with nodules in their nose. 
And I said to the Lord, give me something else. Because I'd never heard of nodules in the nose. I thought, no, I'm not. This, this people, they don't even believe in the word of knowledge or anything. They, they're just, they, they're, no, he says, nodule. I said, no, Lord, give me something else. I can't. If I get up and the first thing I say to these hundreds of people, there's somebody here with nodules in the nose and God's going to heal you, they're going to go, come on. I said, Lord, you know, give me something else to break through the crowd. So I got up to preach. I, I didn't have the courage to do it. I was fearful of the crowd and of all the ministers that were sitting there and all these fellows sitting there and so on. And I never did. And I preached my sermon and it was terrible. It went off the end of the platform and fell down here. <laughs> and then I said, well, some of you know that I pray for the sick and, and so on. And if, when the meeting's finished, if you'd like to come forward, I'll, I'll, I'll pray for you. I'll be happy to pray for you and that'll be great. And so the meeting finished and a whole lot of people came forward. And there was this lady who would be in her 70s. She was like this with a bun and a beautiful pearls and goodness, beautiful dressed and straight and like this lovely British woman, you know. And here she is. And I, I said, I'll go and pray for her first. So I said, hey, good, hi. You know, what have you come forward for? Oh, she said, I've got an operation. I've got nodules in my nose. <laughs> and I thought, oh, no. I said, well, I'll pray for you. I don't know what happened. But she was so, oh, she said, God has touched me. And I thought, oh, man. I was afraid of the crowd. I missed it. You imagine what, how that meeting would have changed if I'd got up and said, there's somebody here who's got nodules in their nose and God is going to heal them today. She was the sort of woman who said, that's me. I'm coming out right now. She was like that. She was an enthusiast woman. Who knows what God would have done after that? But it was the crowd put me, the crowd. I was afraid of the crowd. And I got had to go home and get on my knees and say, Lord, I'll never do that again. You give me whatever and I'll give it. The crazier it is, I'm still going to do it. And, and, and it was just the crowd, the jolly crowd, turned away a divine moment where God had teed it up to change the destiny of a whole lot of people. And the crowd, I, I, I didn't have the faith to go against the crowd. I have a good friend, Don Judkins, and we've been, we were friends for years, and we've met up again recently, and we've both got motorhomes, and we meet up today. We live at Whangarei Heads, and we get there, and, he, and we were just having down some place by the beach, and he said, what have you named the year? I said, I don't know, more food or something, you know. No, he said, you need to name, name the year. And I thought, he said, I've named the year. So and, so and I said, you need to have faith for God to do something throughout the year. And it got home and challenged me. So I said, Lord, why, why do I need to name the year? This is this year. When I, when I, and I, more I thought, I said, I'm going to name the year uh, the year of seeing. That this year I'll see better. He said, well, you're not doing too well. You've still got your glasses on <laughs> No, not that sort of seeing. 
The sort of seeing that can see what Jesus could see. The sort of seeing that God had. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, where the earth was just darkness, there was no shape, there was no form, but the Holy Spirit was there hovering over the whole thing and God could see the whole universe. Hallelujah. That sort of seeing. And he began to call it into being. It's, and I began to get excited. I said, Lord, Lord, I just want to, I want to see people like you see them. You know, we can see people, but we don't really see them. I want to see situations like you see them. You know, it might be dark, it might be look hopeless, but God, you can see possibilities. And so often we, we lose, our, we get discouraged, we, we, get, we turn away and we, we think, oh, and we just don't push through and believe for that divine encounter for people and for ourselves, you know, and we, and because we don't see the possibilities. So I began to say, Lord, I want to see. Lord, I want to be able to see like you can see. I want to see the answers, uh, not just the problems. People, you know, uh, Paul says, we need to see people after the flesh, after the spirit and not after the flesh. We need to see them spiritually, what's going on, not just looking at them and say, hey, you're ugly. No, that wasn't you. No, no, it wasn't. Or you're, you're, you're beautiful. Or, and we just see the physical things. We need to look beyond and be able to, that's what Jesus did. And he wants us to see that. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 16 of the message, it says this, because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We, we do, don't we? That's exactly what they have. We assume, yeah, we assume a whole lot and we see they've got this or they've got that. Or that. We evaluate them because of their possessions or because of, of, how, of how they look or their situation. And he says, uh, we, we looked at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong. See, people saw Jesus just as a man and, and he was saying that he was he was saying the Son of God said, Yeah, right. Son of God, yeah, right. We know you're the carpenter's kid. You know. And, and he said, We got it all wrong. And, and, and as you know, we certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside. And what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone, a new life burgeons. Look at it. <laughs> and we need to see people like that, don't we? And value the spirit of a man, the spirit of a woman, and who they are and what's happening in their lives. Lord, give us eyes to see, yeah? Give us eyes to see people and not just to make an evaluation. So too quickly. I want to see the answers and not the problem. Anybody can see the problem. But sometimes it takes the eyes of the Spirit of the Lord to see the answer and to live in expectancy for that answer. See, Jesus stopped and called these two blind men and says, what do you want from me? Verse 33 of Matthew 20 says, they said, Master, we want our eyes opened. We want to see. And that's my encouragement to you this morning that you'll have that sort of a prayer as this week unfolds as on this first day and as this, you, you walk through this week, Lord, help me to see. Help me not to miss the moments that you've teed up for me. And I don't want to miss them. I, I want to be part of your answer in the world. 
Jesus had compassion on them. And he touched their eyes. And immediately they received their sight and followed him. What a blessing. What a moment. Jesus met the woman at the well in John chapter 4, verse 25. Remember the woman at the well? She's about to have a divine encounter. And she's just down by the well. It's just an ordinary day, but she meets Jesus there. And that, that, that's how it happens. That's how it's going to happen for you and for your friends and for the people that you care about, the people in your sphere of influence. I, I just need to tell you to get ready for divine moments where he's there. And everything might look pretty ordinary, but things are going to be different in people's lives at different opportunities that come. And Jesus had talked to her, hey, can I have a drink? And she said, oh, yeah, okay, but why are you asking me for a drink? And then he says to her, well, I, you know, I, I'm the source of life, of living water. And, and, and on goes the conversation. He says, why don't you get your, bring your husband? And she says, well, I got no husband. And he, he, he says, well, um, actual fact, you've had five and the one you're living with now is not your husband. You can imagine, whoa, you know. It's a, it's a divine moment as, as, as Jesus opens this encounter, as he's about to do something amazing in her life and in her whole village. Jesus is gearing and he, he, is, he is about to touch a whole community here. It is one of those divine encounters. In John 4, 25, it says, The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming, and when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Can you see this? Here is Jesus. And this whole village is coming out. The woman leading them. They are coming out to meet Jesus. Their lives are going to be changed forever. This is a divine encounter. This is a moment that he has, that the Father told him would be happening today. And Jesus is ready. He's opened up this conversation. And all of a sudden, things are happening. And, and, and here's, here's the thing. And later on, we come down a bit and, and, and verse 39 and 42, John 4, verse 39, 42 it says this, that after this, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him. Many of them, because of the woman's testimony that he told me everything I did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. And they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. 
Now we've heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. Many more, many more, many. This village was never the same because of this encounter. So you've got to see this. In the meantime, the disciples have returned. They, 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 they have, have come back. And, and so here it is. All these people are coming out. Their lives are going to be changed forever. The village is going to be changed. Jesus is about to do amazing things. Among these people. And so the, and then the disciples come back. And, and, and what happens then? Meanwhile, John 41, 31 to 35. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him. They, they come back and they see this. And they say, Rabbi, eat something. So here's this moment. Jesus is here. The whole village is coming out to see him. And the disciples are saying, Jesus, what's for lunch, eh? What's for lunch? You say, and Jesus is what? It's like, what? <laughs> what? He says, what's for lunch? He said to them, he said, I have food to eat that you've got no idea about. He says, this is a moment that is beyond food. This is one of those divine encounters where food takes a back seat or whatever else you're doing. This is a divine encounter that I, that's been teed up for the saving of all these people and you want to go to lunch right now? See? It was the crowd. He said to them, I have food to eat that you have know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, can someone, has he already had lunch? You know, has, he, has someone already brought him food? All they can think about is lunch, which is probably what you're doing right now. <laughs> but, you know, all they can think about is lunch. And, and Jesus, Jesus said, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. You know, there are times when we need to have eyes to see what is happening and just put aside other things and go for what God is going for. And believe Him for the divine encounter that will be life-changing. You see? And Jesus goes, He says, don't you have a saying? It's still four months to harvest. He says, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. Here's the, look at the harvest, it's coming. The harvest is coming to us. Look, all the people are pouring out of this town to meet with the Messiah, to have their eyes. And he said, you, you want to go for lunch right now? He said, Lord, help them to, Jesus said, oh, help them to see that this is the harvest. This is today's harvest. This is what I've believed for. But they couldn't see it, eh? They were so close to it, but they missed it. They couldn't see it. They, there, was, there was no expectancy that this was going to be anything but just an ordinary day of getting tired and having lunch and going about our stuff. And as I was 
preparing this for this morning. The Holy Spirit just kept saying to me, tell them. Just tell them. It's so easy to miss what I want to do. It's so easy to listen to the crowd and miss what God has for us. This church is born of the Spirit of God. You are not sitting here just by accident or just like it seems a good idea. There are divine encounters for you. There are divine encounters for you and yours. There are divine encounters and moments in this church, hallelujah, is collectively that God is going to have His great days. We need to be ready and expect and have the faith to enter into all that God has for us. It will be of a great blessing if you and I are walking close with the Holy Spirit and expecting God moments to break in upon our ordinary lives. There's no doubt to me as I stand before you that God wants to bless you as a people with divine encounters. Hallelujah. God wants to bless you as a church. And you know in your spirit, you say, that's, why you've, that's why you're here. That's why some of you have been led because you know that God is doing something. And it, it could, it's just, <laughs> it's, this is a season for you. Hallelujah. And I want, and I hear the Holy Spirit just say, tell them, tell them to expect great things from God. Expect great, expect salvations. Expect your, 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 the, the cake that you buy, that you bake and send round to someone, as, will, will touch their lives. Expect healings to take place. Expect God to intervene. Hallelujah. That's what he's there. Oh, that you and I would, could see as he can see. 